on today's featured, I wanted to highlight Kamala Khan because she just got her own TV show, Miss Marvel. Yay! Yay! Which there'll be a spoiler filled review at the end of this, but she made her debut actually in Captain Marvel number 14 in August 2013. So she's still a baby superhero. She is. Here's what's really cool, Alan. So they snuck her into a Captain Marvel comic in the background watching oh. Carol Danvers fighting evil. I was going to say kicking behind, but we'll <laughs> say fighting evil. So they purposely like did that just to highlight that she was there, but she didn't actually like really show up until the Miss Marvel comics as the first major Muslim superhero. That's a little cool Easter egg. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I was going to say when... Captain Marvel, you say fighting evil with Moonlight. Moonlight. That's that's Stop. Sailor Moon, right? No. Fighting evil okay. by Moonlight. Okay, let's just let's just yeah. roll the music. Okay. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. The marvelous galaxy. The uh, Disney, yeah. Hi, and welcome to Marvelous Galaxy of Disney on this Prideful Weekend. Yeah, happy Pride. It's happy June. Pride. My name's Sean. I'm Alan. And we've got some stuff for you today. We're still, like, super excited to be back. We're so happy that we're back. We're yeah. back with our favorites. Yep. It's a brand new day. We've got our new um, transition music in between our segments, which we've got some compliments on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so I thought uh, we'll do a little continuation, a little highlight of Miss Marvel from the comics, and then we'll get to her more on the TV show in the end. Cool. So Miss Marvel, she is like a comic book stan. Like she loves all the Avengers. She loves Captain Marvel the most. What's really interesting with her and where it kind of takes a big turn is. Um, so it's set up that basically the Inhumans, which are a species that lives on the blue spot of the moon, or blue side of the moon, blue area of the moon, <laughs> they were humans who were experimented on by the Kree. So now they have this like blood in them that if it's activated through the Terrigen Mists, then they develop power. So it's like a rite of passage to earn your powers. Well, their leader, Black Bolt, who we saw in Doctor Strange to protect the Inhumans, he released the mist all over Earth. So the Earth was covered in it. So anybody who has this Inhuman blood in them, their powers are activated. That's a lot to lead into. Kamala Khan has Inhuman blood in her. So in the comics, when this mist goes through, goes by her, she basically faints and she wakes up and she can change into anything she wants. She has like this morphing power, which she doesn't really have anymore, or shape-shifting. She has stretchiness, so she makes her limbs stretchy like Mr. Fantastic. And she can go really big or really small. She calls it embiggening. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the early things that happened with Miss Marvel, which was very much a, a look at society and how, you know, different colored people feel or view themselves is one of the first things she did in becoming a superhero. She morphed into Carol Danvers. Oh. So when I first saw that, because that was the end of episode one, or comic book one, I was kind of like, wow, she morphed into a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> but it was to show that that's who she felt she had to be. 
And she kind of went on a journey to find herself and realize she can be Muslim. She can be, you know, Pakistani and she can still be a hero. So I really like that message that they sent there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And one thing that's really cool about the comics, which um, I should probably say, she was created by a few people. Sana Amanet, uh, Stephen Wacker, G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alfana, and Jamie McKelvey. Um, I really like how they write the comics because it's very Muslim. Like from the experiences I've had meeting Muslim people in my life or even just Indian or Pakistani people... Like, they call her Beta. She calls her parents Ami and Apu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's very, like, very real feeling to me. Yeah. A very real picture. And especially the way the parents are very, like, protective of her. She can't date someone who's not Muslim. Like, they want her in at a certain time. Like, it's very much, to me, a real look at what it would be like to live the life of this teenage girl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and uh, one thing, too, is when her comic book came out, did you know that it sold out real quick? Wow, really? It shows that people were hungry for a Muslim hero. Mm -hmm. Like, we want, we've seen, you know, all the cis white males become heroes. We want different heroes Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I remember because I went to a comic book store. I was going to buy Miss Marvel number one for my sister for her birthday, I think, because she was turning Muslim at the time, which was interesting (laughs) because of the guy she was with. Um, And I got a whole, like, talk from the the comic book guy about how, oh, that sold out. But sometimes (laughs) we take comic books and they come together so there's multiple issues in what's called a graphic novel. I'm like, dude, I know. (laughs) I know what graphic novels are. Look at my arms. Look at my sleeves. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, yeah, she's she's a really fun hero. She's, uh, ever since her inception, you know, she starred in the Avengers game. She got her own TV show. Like, she is a popular item. So I like that we can see someone who's not the norm mm-hmm. stand out so much and people take to her. Yeah. And so far, I mean, the, just based off of the show, it's I'm excited to learn more about her and see what she does and what direction they take her. So I'm glad she's here in the MCU. Yeah, me too. Oh, I didn't even say we're starting with Marvelous. <laughs> oh, wow. That was the start of Marvelous, yeah. everybody. Marvelous. Marvelous. So we should probably say um, up front, the news is kind of light this week. Not a lot of updates, so yeah. Yeah, be a bit of a shorter episode, I guess. Probably. And but last week, we do apologize since we were recording separately. Our internet was real bad, yeah. so like it was really hard to record. But I think we did an okay job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was just like a bit of a delay, so it was very much like it was like I say something, I was like. Yeah, and then you say something. So that's why we weren't as like talky with <laughs> yeah. each other because we couldn't be. It <laughs> sound like ten minutes later. All right, so let's get into. We only have actually one other piece of Marvel news, which is crazy. Yeah. So the news here is uh, Marvel looks to have gained a director for the new Thunderbolts movie. Oh. 
So Thunderbolts is something that we've talked about on the show a little bit before, but we can talk about it a little bit here. Um, but it looks like Jake Schreer, Schreer is the director of Thunderbolts. Do you remember what Thunderbolts is, Alan? I do not. Sorry. <laughs> Thunderbolts is basically Marvel's version of Suicide Squad. Okay. So they take villains and they refine them and they force them to like work for good. But of course, they're still villains at the heart of it. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So the first um, appearance of Thunderbolts was all the way back in The Incredible Hulk 449 in January of 97, created by Kurt Busiek and Mark Bagley. Um, since then, there's been multiple different teams called Thunderbolts with different uh, members. So I imagine for the MCU, what we'll see is we'll probably see um, U.S. Agent, who is in the Falcon oh, and Winter yeah. Soldier. We'll probably see... Why can't I think of her name? Yelena Belova. Mm-hmm. But she kind of like switched her tune in Hawkeye, so I don't know if we'll see her anymore. Yeah. But they're thinking that we'll probably see, like, Baron Zemo even. Just probably more so the villains that have come out in the uh, the, the MCU movies. Is this something that you are excited for? I'm excited for it. I mean, yeah, because I feel like all the superhero movies we've seen so far have just been very, like, good-natured people fighting the good fight. So, I mean, yeah, we've seen it in... Um, the movie you just said that it's similar to Suicide Squad, um, but I'm curious to see how Marvel puts its take on it. Yeah, because I feel like Marvel's going to be a little more of a fun take on it yeah. than Suicide Squad. Although the second su- the Suicide Squad, <laughs> was kind of amazing. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> so it looks like um, Jake Schreer is mostly known for his music videos, which. There's a ton of. Um, he's only actually done two other movies, Robot and Frank and Paper Towns. Um, for music videos, he's done things a lot for Francis and the Lights, uh, Selena Gomez, uh, Cash- Cashmere Cat, Chance the Rapper, uh, Calvin Harris and Benny Blanco, Kanye West, you, <laughs> Justin Bieber and Benny Blanco. So, yeah, he's been around, like, in the music stuff. On television, he's done things like Minx, The Premise, Brand New Cherry Flavor, Dave. So I imagine with him having such a music video background, they're probably going to try to kind of emulate the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of uh, Suicide Squad take with lots of, like, cool music and fight scenes. That's exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see the Suicide Squad, but done for Marvel. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. It's always exciting to see when a, like, a director is attached because that's like, oh, this is actually happening. We'll probably get it in like a year. <laughs> yeah. And you get like a hint of what, what to expect, too. Yeah. All right. Speaking of what to expect, let's jump over to Galaxy. 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 Galaxy, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't really have a lot of news here in the Star Wars section, but just kind of getting a step closer to another Star Wars movie coming out. Um, so there was an interview with uh, Taika Waititi. Um, he didn't give like a lot of details because I think it's still in the very early stages of his next Star Wars film. But uh, he had an interview with Screen Rant actually talking about Lightyear um, that was coming out because he's in it. But he did give a little bit of a hint about Star Wars. And he's just saying that, you know, he's taking his time, making sure that the upcoming movie comes out will feel more feel like a Star Wars film. So I like that, that he's, you know, respecting the franchise and making sure that, like, it still fits in the universe of Star Wars. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they're taking more care in Star Wars because I feel like for a while they were just pumping stuff out. And I know it's highly contested if some of that stuff was good or not. I enjoyed it. But I do think, like, the sequel trilogy could have used more direction rather than giving it to three different directors and then having one fail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like this is going to be hopefully. I mean, like, also, yeah, you're going into a next... I guess I don't know if they're doing setting it up for another set of trilogies, but like it's the what the fourth time now, so yeah, there's a lot at stake. I feel this will be ten, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, and hopefully Grogu's in it. Hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, that was it for Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll jump over to uh, Parks and Rec next. Parks and Rec. Yeah, which will have some elements of Star Wars in it, actually, and Marvel. But I'm sure everyone who's listened to this has seen the video, the infamous video this past week. <laughs> the Star or the Spider-Man, Spider-Man fail. fail. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk so about I figured this would happen eventually because, yeah. like, even the best robotics have to have an off day. So um, we talked about this before, but the Spider-Man that shoots up out of the web building and does, like, the stuff in the air and then lands, it's fully animatronic, so nobody was hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it finally happened where it did not clear the building mm-hmm. and it crash landed and took out like a lot of that building. And when did, that building doesn't seem like it's very like sturdy because it took out a wall. Yeah. Well, I mean that the, I would imagine that animatronic was pretty heavy. <laughs> it's pro- I wonder too, they probably made it that way. So if it ever does crash, like the animatronic doesn't come apart. Yeah. That, like, like gets beheaded or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. that would be even more traumatizing <laughs> for the kids. For kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they have a interesting setup cause if you haven't seen it, Spider-Man comes out on top of the building and kind of greets the crowd and then he goes inside the building and then the animatronic, you know, swings and flies up and then lands and then he comes out of the other side of the building So I think with that setup, at least, uh, Spider-Man was able to come out after the animatronic crash to Mm -hmm. show, like, hey, I'm okay. You you know, you kind of make a joke out of it. Yeah. And also, this wasn't the first time the animatronic didn't work, too. But this is the first time it actually damaged part of the building. Um, Yeah, this time around, there was, like, the the rope that kind of, like, slingshots him over got stuck on his hand and never got... Um, taken apart so that kind of messed up the whole show but yeah there's one time where i think 
the Spider-Man animatronic just froze <laughs> and <laughs> flew. But yeah, fortunately that time it didn't hit any building. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's still like, how long has it been going? Like over a year, yeah. almost a year, actually. July of last year is when it started. And what, only two times we can think of? I mean, yeah, because it what, goes off like every three, four times a day. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good track record, I feel. Yeah, I feel like. And I think the only reason why these things become a big deal is because it's strange yeah. for it to not work right. <laughs> yeah. But that's why we have animatronics and not people do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Star Wars, within Ooh. park news, this Ooh. is exciting. Vader is actually coming back to Disneyland. I didn't even realize that he wasn't at the park I in a while. I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, so he's returning to help promote um, the Obi-Wan uh, TV show or Disney Plus show. Uh, but yeah, as of June 12th, which is the day we're recording this, um, He'll be at the park for a limited time. So if you want to get your Vader, Vader on, <laughs> go check him out in Tomorrowland. How fun. Yeah. And unfortunately, he can't be in Galaxy's Edge because it's not canon. So mm-hmm. that's why he's not there. Because I don't I, I don't know if we've talked about this in the past, but we have like Boba Fett now. And even Grogu, who's supposed to be um, in Galaxy's Edge soon. Mm. And the Mandalorian. So more characters coming out in the Star Wars universe, which is cool. That's cool. Yeah, we happened to be there during the debut of Boba Fett. And people were like lined up already. Like he was on top of the buildings when you're entering. Mm-hmm. And people were lined up ready to take pictures uh, where he would come down from on top of the building. Yeah. So it was exciting. Yeah. And what else was exciting is we were at Disney yesterday, Saturday the... 11th? 11th. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans was there. Chris Evans was there. In California Adventure, which we didn't get to go <laughs> yeah. to. And we were already home when we found out he was there. But yeah. I think that's still cool that, like, you know, these uh, MCU heroes like to go to the park. Yeah. Well, he was also, I think, there to promote Lightyear 2. Yeah, so. I figure. Because I think he even took a picture in front of Pixar Pier, mm-hmm. which is very fitting. With the uh, Toy Story characters. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. so I'm sad that we were on the wrong side of the parks. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, we left before we could have park hopped. We just did a quick, like, four-hour trip. <laughs> yeah, we went on all the... Star Wars stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And Peter Pan. And Peter Pan. Yeah. 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 It's fun. It was fun. You know it's not fun? What? When you propose to someone and Disney ruins it, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. But there's a bit of a follow-up to that. Oh, hapa. So the executives at the Disneyland Park, uh, Disneyland Paris Park, they felt bad. And I'm sure they're also trying to cover their, you know their actions um according to their pr people but um disney land paris did say that they had offered um the guy who proposed as well as his fiance um a weekend at disneyland park as well as a hotel stay in the park but the couple didn't actually accept it because they really felt sad like it's basically they they want disney to kind of like give their moment back <laughs> because mm-hmm. yeah it's you know it's a once in a lifetime thing for most people so you know they disney kind of ruined their special moment so i don't know if they'll if they're just saying that right now and maybe accepting the the little sorry gift later but yeah or if they're just trying to get more from disney i still can't get over that 
the worker grab the ring. Like, you yeah, don't do that. Yeah. You don't. He could have at least waited to, like, they do their... Because I'm sure it will only take another, like, minute or so. Yeah. But, like, in the middle of it, like, wait until she responds, at least. Yeah, same with the balloon Disneyland fail. Yeah. Like, just let them do it real quick. Yeah. Or they what they should do, Disneyland, is just pay for their wedding. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Like... Do a Disneyland wedding. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know what else is fun? What? Paradise Pier Hotel. Yeah. The entrance is open. Yeah, they're getting ready for the Pixar Pier Hotel re-theme. And to go along with that, they are making a special entrance just for hotel guests over there. Oh. Which is nice. Oh. So it's basically between the hot dog or corn dog castle and goofy sky school um but yeah it's basically a a walk across the street and then you're there i mean i don't know why they haven't done that before because it's just like if you stay at the hotel you have the view of the park why don't you why don't they just make a special entrance for them so yeah and yeah and disney if you're listening which i know you are um we need an exit over by splash mountain (laughs) <laughs> that would be like an entrance exit. That would be amazing. So if you want to like go on uh, Rise of the Resistance first thing, you don't have to run through the whole freaking park. Yeah. And if you want to leave after Batu, you don't have to go through the whole freaking park. Well, it would have been nice to have that, especially when they didn't have trams. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just right there. Because but... there's a walkway there. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. You know what they should do? What? They should give a survey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is, ex- I mean, I don't know how telling this is in regards to the West Coast having their own Galactic Star Cruiser, but Disneyland did send out a survey to park guests um, giving their opinion about the Galactic Star Cruiser. So I don't know if you know, but apparently there's been a lot of talks about how the Star Cruiser has bombed oh yeah because they're just not filling up rooms and yeah but i mean it's also super expensive so i'm not surprised yeah so i'm also wondering like is this even gonna happen because yeah like i don't know i don't think west coasters are gonna fall for not fall but like go for that high price tag too over here yeah it's a lot and it's only for what one night two nights uh two two nights yeah yeah yeah, I mean, they say, like, oh, food and all of that stuff is included, but still, it's it adds up, especially if you're a bigger family as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this focus group is actually going to be a 90-minute virtual session that was, will take place June 20th through the 23rd. Um, if you are one of the lucky ones chosen and you do decide to do it, um, you do get a $175 Disney gift card. So, Ooh. yeah, if you get that email, do it. I got a Disney survey but it wasn't for that stomp it (laughs) (laughs) so that wraps up parks and rec let's run over to disney yeah and this is where we're gonna have our uh show stopper our big news for the we're gonna go over some (laughs) queer disney icons which i'm excited about yeah very exciting but before we get there Disney. Alan. Hi. 
you got to do something really cool. Yeah, I um, this is this doesn't happen a lot, but I actually got free tickets to go to the Lightyear World premiere at the El Capitan Theater this past Wednesday, um, which is really fun. That was, I believe, the seventh. Um, but yeah, it was my first like world premiere I've ever attended, and Disney really goes all out when they have these world premieres. So. Um, you start off obviously watching the movie. Uh, they don't allow phones in there, so it was very much like, oh, I didn't have my phone for like three hours. Um, and then, even then, they they treat you. They give you like popcorn and uh, sodas, like all you want. So that was really nice. And then after that, they just had like a whole after party where they had um, like a Ferris wheel. The whole theme was rain, uh, Space Ranger Chic, which is cool. Everyone was like dressed up spacey kind of someone even dressed up in the full like light light year buzz light year costume um and yeah there was also a lot of food activities they even gave out so if you're familiar with the the gauntlet from in the parks with iron man or thanos uh, thanos they have one for light year now um which is themed to that it lights up even but yeah everyone's saying that it's going to go to the park soon so um, look out for that. But yeah, it was a really fun night. And Lightyear, the movie itself, was awesome. I'm excited for people to see it. Um, I honestly wasn't like super excited to watch it, but like this was really funny. Socks, the cat, the robotic cat, is probably the the standout character of this whole movie. So make sure to pay attention to him. But yeah, I'm you definitely go out and watch it. Highly recommend. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I was sad I couldn't go with Alan because I already had plans. But I'm definitely going to see it before our next episode. So Alan and... Oh. So Rachel and I can talk (laughs) about it because Alan won't be here. Yeah. (laughs) Alan will be on a trip. So Rachel from A Real Bodice Stripper will be um, filling in for him. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? She can fill in for me. Okay. She's good at filling in. Yeah. And we'll give a review of Lightyear, which I don't know if she's going to have time to see it or not, but at least I will. I'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, cool. And if uh, she's not ready to talk about it, should I fire her? Oh. Why? Is she like the TV content chief <laughs> at Disney? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of a, an abrupt piece of news that we just got. Um his Peter Rice, who's a TV content chief, was actually abruptly fired, um, which caused a bit of a shakeup. Um, and this is all decided by Bob Chapek. And yeah, I mean, I, from what I've heard in the news, it sounds like Peter Rice wasn't the best to work with. He was very just kind of like one-sided on a lot of things, so he didn't really take a lot of feedback, which. You know, if you work for a company, you kind of have to, like, humble yourself a bit. Uh, But, yeah, they also called him saying that he wasn't a cultural fit at Disney. So, hopefully, upcoming, we'll get more news about who the next TV content person is. But, yeah, I don't know if this is going to stir up anything about, like, new shows coming up on Disney+. Plus. We'll just see, I guess. Hopefully whoever takes over is LGBTQIA friendly. Yeah, (laughs) and not just, like, put a list of random shows on their pride section on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. 
So speaking of, so I thought because we're in Pride, I thought it would be nice to take a look at some of the queer people who have helped, you know, build Disney and make certain aspects of Disney, let's say, shine as much as it has. Mm-hmm. So to start off, I thought we'd start with a big one. Some of these are a little bit smaller um, uh, contributions to Disney. So we'll start with Howard Ashman, which if you've seen Howard, you already know his story. If you haven't, you need to watch that movie. It's on Disney+. Plus. But Howard Ashman um, actually passed away from AIDS-related complications in 1991. He's 40 years old. But he's known for his music, his mm-hmm. wonderful music. Yeah. And he worked a lot uh, hand, in ha- hand in hand with Sondheim on the music. Sondheim, right? Yes. Yes. Um, some of the songs that we remember from him were Under the Sea, Part of Your World, Kiss the Girl, All from Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Belle, Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast, Friend Like Me from Aladdin, and he actually won Oscars for Beauty and the Beast and Under the Sea. Yeah. Oh, so I think you mean Alan Menken. Menken, yes. yes. Sondheim sounded wrong, but yeah. yes, Menken. Alan Menken. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah, he um, helped shape these movies. He helped shape kind of the Disney princess. Um, him and Menken were kind of known for the uh, I Want song. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you think of Alan Menken and his song, uh, Somewhere That's Green in Little Shop of Horrors, it's very much him talking or her talking about her I Want. <laughs> and uh, interesting fact, if you didn't know, but actually part of your world almost didn't make it into Little Mermaid. That's sad. I know. It would have been part of our world. That was her I Want song. Yeah. Um, Because Disney felt it was too slow, but Howard and Alan uh, Minkin fought for it because they're like, this sets up her whole character. (laughs) And I agree because I I know I mentioned this on the show, but that's how I defended Ariel because she didn't just go become a human for Eric. She already wanted to be human, and we only know that because of part of your world. Mm -hmm. Like, she, I compared her to a transgender person. She felt like she was born in the wrong body, basically. She wanted to be human, and part of your world is what tells us that. Yeah. (laughs) So, I think that's why we shouldn't hate on Ariel and call her a brat, because she was going through something. Mm -hmm. But enough of my ranting. So another queer icon, and this one is one of the examples I was saying, like, they didn't, like, help build Disney, but they're a big part of Disney. This is Ellen DeGeneres for um, uh, playing Dory in Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Yeah. And she did such a great job. By the way, I should say, I always forget stuff like this. I should say, I'm, I'm getting these from Out Magazine. They did the uh, list of the 11 biggest queer icons from Disney. Yeah. So that's where I'm getting these from. Well, Ellen also was part of an attraction in Epcot, too. Oh, yeah. Ellen's Energy Adventure. <laughs> that's such a good name for it. Yeah. <laughs> so another queer pillar is Demi Lovato. Oh. So she was on the Disney Channel in the 2000s, in the late 1000s, and early uh, 2010s. She starred in two Camp Rock movies, as well as the Princess Protection Program, and also in their own show, uh, Sunny with a Chance. I forgot. We're calling Demi a they. I should say they, not she. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Uh, Raven Simonier. Mm-hmm. 
Raven, of course, was in her own show, That's So Raven. She was also in Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, and The Cheetah Girls. And That's So Raven, the reboot. And Raven's <laughs> Home. <laughs> that's that's when Raven's Home. Yeah. <laughs> and here's one I wouldn't normally think of, but it's a good one. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Oh, Miley. Oh, Miley. So, of course, we know her mostly from Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really happy this one's on here. So we talked about this show before, but Dana Terrace, she is, uh, I'm going to say they because I don't know their pronouns, but uh, they're bisexual and they're the ones who is the showrunner for The Owl House, oh. which I'm really still sad that it's been canceled because yeah. it's such a great show. If you get a chance, if you haven't already watched it. Um, watch the Owl House. Thank you. Quick shout out to Kevin KGZ87 for turning me on to the Owl House and just turning me on in general. And wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. this is a family show. Yes. And uh, Dana actually also had been nominated for two Glad Media Awards and an Emmy for the Owl House. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, going back to Miley Cyrus, have you ever heard, well, have you ever watched Hannah Montana before? Mm-mm. Okay. So there's this movie that she had called Hannah Montana. What? <laughs> and she did the hoedown throwdown. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, it's so good. And there's just like this whole dance routine that goes with it. And I, I actually like did it when I was younger or like memorized the whole choreography. Wow. A little embarrassing fact, but yeah. (laughs) I like your... You you should check it out if you haven't. Hold down, throw down. Okay. Okay, you will. (laughs) Uh, Next, we have Tim Federley. So, Tim was the showrunner for High School Musical, the musical, the series. (laughs) (laughs) And he also wrote a book and directed the film with the same name, uh, Better Nate Than Ever, which Mm. was one of the ones we talked about is on the Pride list, which should be on the Pride list, unlike West Side Story, um, (laughs) on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So, and that uh, debuted on April 1st of this year. And then we also have Andreas Deha, who is a German-Polish artist. This one was very fitting to me. This one, like, something clicked in my mind. I was like, oh, that's why. So Andreas is known for creating some of Disney's most iconic villains. Tell me if you see a pattern. (laughs) Gaston. Mm -hmm. Jafar. Mm -hmm. Scar. Queen Nerissa from Enchanted. (laughs) He also created characters like Roger Rabbit. King Triton, mm-hmm. Hercules, <laughs> and Tigger. And right now he is the resident specialist for the animation of Mickey Mouse. So he's like in charge of the character. Wow. So I just thought that's funny because if they're not like kind of a queer coded character like Jafar and Scar, they're like a sexy Muslim man character yeah. like Gaston or King Triton. So <laughs> it explains a lot. Yeah. Or they're like you know, queer friendly like Queen Nerissa. Who would not want to be friends with <laughs> Queen Nerissa? Susan Sandin. Here's another one. Uh-huh. Jonathan Groff, known for doing the voice of Kristoff, Anna, Anna's, Anna's mm-hmm. love in Frozen One and Two. 
That one's okay. When you told me that one, I was like, I guess. But you're okay with Raven Simonia, who just had a few shows here and there. Or Miley wow. Cyrus, who had one. She had a bunch of... She was a huge <laughs> I know, Disney Channel John Croft helped build Frozen, which but is But he wasn't huge. even, like, a main, main... Well, he was, like, the villain. <laughs> Am I the villain? Chris wasn't the villain. Oh, just kidding. No, but still. <laughs> no, he wasn't the villain. But, like... I don't know. He's just a character in... He just did a voice... Like, I'm sure there's other, like, gay voice actors out there, too. Wow. I don't know. I'm not, like, hating. I'm just, like... He didn't, I don't know. I don't I don't see his name synonymous with Disney. Okay. Yeah. Well, this next one, all that they did was write a few songs here or there. Boo. Uh, Elton John. Ew. Boo. No, that's kidding. So, Elton, Elton John, John is attributed to making the Lion King music a global phenomenon. Like, I remember when that came out. It was huge. It still is. Yeah. So, specifically, uh, Circle of Life and Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Mm-hmm. So they sold over seven. They helped sell over seven million copies, and he also won an Oscar, a Golden Globe, and Grammy wow. for the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that kind of led him to write more songs for musicals too. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I didn't know until recently is apparently, totally not Disney, but Elton John saw Tyler Egerton. Uh huh. Uh. Or t- Edgerton, something Edgerton. Edgerton. He saw him performing as Elton John songs on YouTube, and that's what inspired him to produce the movie about himself. Wow. And he wanted Eggsy to play him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call him Eggsy. Also, sorry, we're kind of going off of a tangent, but he's also right now writing a new musical for The Devils or Prada. Oh! Where's Prada? Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It's supposed to come out this year, next year, but yeah, it's coming out soon. Nice. Um, this next one, um, he holds a very special place in my heart because this is Kenny Ortega, who is the choreographer and director responsible for big things like the Newsies, uh, High School Musical films, mm-hmm. The Descendants, Cheetah Girls, Two and Hocus Pocus. Alan, he did Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wasn't privy to his sexuality. I've never like looked into it, but it makes sense that like if you're gonna make the Sanderson sisters, yeah, yeah, that's why they're such icons. Uh, this last one's interesting. So this one is uh, kind of based on hearsay, things I've heard here and there, but they're attributing Danish author Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. to uh, helping build Disney. So it says here that he was most likely gay and asexual. There's been like accounts of him being in love with a man here and there, but nothing like, you know, information from back then is so scarce. But I think they found letters. Okay. But, um... Because Disney's adapted The Little Mermaid, The Emperor's New Clothes, which Emperor's New Groove. Also, The Snow Queen, they adapted into Frozen. I mean, for someone who writes about queens, yeah. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, yeah, these are some of the faces. I know there's a lot of other faces out there because Disney does attract very queer people to work for them, produce for them, direct for them, animate for them operate rides for them Mm -hmm. we all just love our disney no matter who we are but i just wanted to highlight some of the inspiration yeah yeah i'm really happy with with howard the movie because like 
I feel like he didn't have the best of it when he was working at Disney because of the stigma. But like, I'm glad that Disney did put out this movie and put it on their streaming channel just so that people can know who he is. Cause yeah, he's amazing. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. And it kind of like, it could have gone deeper, but it does kind of show that, yeah, Disney wasn't the greatest in that period when yeah. it came to queer recognition. So I, I respect that they um, were honest, you yeah. know? Cool. Did you have any of the queer icons that stood out to you? Jonathan Groff. Just kidding. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no. I mean, in that list, yeah. I mean, the big one was probably Howard. I was like, I hope he, he better be in that list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. You can't have a list without Howard. <laughs> yeah. And to me, obviously, Kenny Ortega. I love him. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that takes us through our Marvelous Galaxy Disney and Parks and Rec. So we'll have a little cover Disney, and then we'll talk about our episodes. We have Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan to talk about this week. Yeah. So this week, I wanted to highlight Dan Vask, and he did a metal cover. Are you seeing a pattern with what I pick? Oh, I love metal. Oh, no. Of Making a Man Out of You. Oh. Here's a little taste of it. I feel like a man now. <laughs> About time. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just a reminder before we get into it, these are spoiler ep- spoiler reviews of these two episodes. Uh, let's start with Obi-Wan episode four. So in this one, we see uh, Leia has been captured by Reva, and now Obi-Wan needs to find a way to get her back. So she is on lockdown in uh, an impenetrable fortress. Mm-hmm. Impenetrable. <laughs> so uh, Obi-Wan makes a risky plan to break into the fortress to free Leia. Mm-hmm. So this, to me, felt very Grogu and the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the same exact thing happened to Grogu. Yeah. But I was fine with that. Um, what did you like about this episode? Well, it felt more, like, slower paced than the other episodes that we've seen. So it's it kind of took a break of that. But I did like the the one that helped her. I forgot her name, but then she turned into an Imperial spy. Or, like... Oh, from she, episode three that, like, helped them through the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of like how she, she... Like, I thought she was just going to, like, die. <laughs> in yeah. That episode. I was like, oh, she's going to save him, and then she's going to die. But, like, she's actually, like, cool. Like, she was, yeah. she went undercover for them, and that was... Yeah, so uh, she, she's turning out to be uh, a character that I like. I liked how they wrote her, too, the way she was able to kind of talk the Imperials into mm-hmm. thinking that she was double-crossing yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. 
Um, there were a lot of callback moments to me, which I really appreciated. Like the fact that even just as simple as Obi-Wan swimming to the base mm-hmm. was very episode one. Also, just the way the communicator was left on the desk, it was the exact same shot of the communicator from A New Hope when Mm. they're storming the Death Star. And um, just overall, like, the whole idea of them running through this fortress from the stormtroopers, it very much reminded me of A New Hope, which I appreciated because it was, like, similar but different enough to make you be like, I'm in it. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm watching Star Wars. Um. We got a glimpse, too, as Obi-Wan was going through this fortress of Jedi Frozen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what do you think is going on there? I don't know. I am I wonder if those are, like, Jedi that they're hoping to convert to be Inquisitors. Hmm. Because, yeah, it looks like all the Inquisitors are pretty much, like, Force-sensitive. So I wonder if that's their way to, like, replenish when, like, they need more. Um but yeah, that really took me out by surprise because, like, I thought they were all dead. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, I want to know, like, how's that going to play out? How's that going to, like, change or enhance the canon of Star Wars that yeah. some of these Jedi are alive? Like, yeah, where's this going to go? Yeah, because especially with episodes 7 through 9, like, we didn't have Jedi. So were yeah. they all, like, still frozen or what? Yeah, well, even 4, 5, and 6, we only had, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan and Yoda were hiding. Mm-hmm, true. I think Kanan from uh, Rebels is still alive, but they don't explore him at all during that time. Yeah. And then we know now that Ahsoka was alive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, not many. No. Nope. <laughs> um, do you think that scene with Reva, with Leia, when she says, you're a strong one, do you think she was sensing the force in Leia? I think so. I feel like, yeah, like, they're holding her, keeping her hostage for a reason. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I thought that was really cool and interesting. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Leia doesn't even know she has the no. force. <laughs> so, yeah, this series is just, it's pretty amazing i'm really excited for it i'm excited to see the rest of this season and season two yeah i'm just sad that it's only six six episodes yeah so we're almost done (laughs) i know like did they not think we would fall in love with it instantly we've been wanting an obi-wan show forever i wonder because if it's also an expensive show to produce they can only afford that's for like a first season anyways yeah i read an article that basically that's the thing that's disney's suffering from is it's so much money to produce these shows and they're still not getting the subscribers they want yeah so yeah they may have to calm down in the future which i'm not happy about well whoever fills in the role of the tv content chief is gonna (laughs) have to figure it out yeah (laughs) all right cool so i think that uh there wasn't a I didn't, at least I didn't see Easter eggs. So if you saw anything that I didn't notice, please write in and let me know. But I did only watch it once this time. Usually I watch it twice before we talk about it. But mm. yeah, it seemed very actiony. It seemed very callbacky, but not a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. So Miss Marvel's out. Right away, it started with the weekend blinding lights, and I was like, I live for this song. This used to be my uh, alarm that I used to wake up to every day. (laughs) And then the animation, everybody's talking about how cool the animation was. Yeah, it's it's very um, Miles Morales-y, just in terms of, like, it's not even, like, an animated show or anything, but just, like, the 
like drawings that they randomly do on like buildings and stuff while they're out it's just a little cool cute touch yeah and alan and i were talking because if you've seen online uh miss marvel is not doing great right now um critics wise critics aren't liking it and i think it's alan compared it to turning red because it's a very young show very fast very you know animation animated Mm -hmm. scenes it's it's not a show for adults Unless yeah. they're childlike like us or love Marvel like us. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a very uh, Gen X, no, Gen Z type of show in terms of, like, I think those, they would be the ones to relate to this more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and um, it started off, I really like this. I feel like the beginning of the show was a callback to actually the Avengers video game. Because in that, Kamala goes to an Avengers Con type thing, and that's how it jumps off. So I really appreciated that Mm -hmm. tie-in. Just like the comics, I think they got the Muslim slash Pakistani family so correct. I love that. Yeah, I love the part where she was asking her parents to go out to the Avengers Con and then they're like, you can go, but you have to wear this Hulk outfit. And it was like a whole like hybrid Hulk and like traditional like garb guard so that was <laughs> i would have worn that that actually looked really cool yeah it did yeah um can we talk about the most amazing part the most fantastic part the most fabulous part of this whole episode mr wilson <laughs> the talk, principal talk about queer icon <laughs> yeah mr wilson's <laughs> up there looking all hot but then he They've got the earrings and the, uh-huh. like, femme dress style. I was living for Mr. Wilson. <laughs> yeah, he was... I wish I had him for... Was it the principal? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed really cool. Yeah. He just seemed very in touch with the students, but also just very in touch with himself. And, yeah, I love that there's a character like him in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest difference so far is, if you've seen the show and heard me talking about the comics, you already know... She got her powers in a very different way. Mm. So there's no... I mean, I understand why they're not going to do the Terrigen Mist Cloud because the Inhumans aren't really a part of the MCU. They just had the one show that bombed. <laughs> so it'd be weird if suddenly there was the Cloud. I was wondering if they might do it as like a way to bring in super-powered heroes like since they didn't have mutants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that they do have mutants, it's not as needed. But it seems she got her power from the bracer that she found in her grandma's items. And when she put it on, she had, when she was using the power, she had that kind of vision of like the shadowy people with the glowing purple eyes. Mm. So I'm wondering if this is still going to lead us back to the Kree, which has had kind of a big influence in the MCU. Or if maybe that is the Inhumans. They haven't mm. really showed us who these people are. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it's, like, something, a tool or something that was used by this alien race that unlocks her power that's already in her or just gives her power. Yeah, I'm just curious to know, like, I'm sure they're going to go into more detail in future episodes. But, yeah, where that the the um, that brace came from mm-hmm. and, like, is there someone in her lineage that, you know, is has Marvel powers? That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it is still tied to her lineage like it was in the comics. Mm. 
like if something like alien blood in her is what activates the bracer yeah or even like because her mom looked like because her mom saw and she's like put it back yeah so i wonder if she knows more about it too interesting yeah yeah i think yeah it should tie to lineage just because that's who she is Mm -hmm. and i think that would be an interesting parallel yeah Um, yeah because it's cool that they they kind of it's all like culturally relevant too in terms of just like it's not some random like bracelet it sounds like that's some sort of heirloom from their family yeah yeah so cool i think this is a very strong opening to the show i'm really excited to see more i think the actress playing miss marvel is adorable and i love her as miss marvel Mm -hmm. and uh if you haven't watched it yet i don't know why you listen to us talk about it but go watch it it's so good (laughs) yeah all right alan yes do you have a favorite moment this week it probably has to be the Lightyear premiere. It was one of those things that I don't think I'll probably get invited to anytime soon again, unless you guys make us influencers. Cause like, yeah, they were all influencers over there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was something that was fun. That's good. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> no, I know he said I could have gone, but I couldn't cancel the plans I had. Um, for me, I just really appreciate, I know we kind of Mm. talked about this already once, but I really appreciate Disney's, um, the way they're handling Pride, and not only the way they're handling it, but the items they have for sale. Um, They are donating some of the money from their sales to uh, queer organizations, but also um, I... (laughs) I have, like, Pride Mickey socks. I have the Pride Mickey shorts, which are very short, so they know us gays like it short. I also have the Marvel rainbow shirt, so I wore those all today at Pride. I looked fabulous, and I just felt very good being able to show my colors. Yeah. Yeah, I like how Disney isn't just, like, creating products just to make money out of it, (laughs) like other companies out there. Um I, I really like how they are just are decided to donate the proceeds somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's what we have for you today. Um, this week, actually, just Friday, uh, Kevin and I talked about the iconic Days of Future Past episodes from uh, the original X-Men cartoon. So we'd love to get your thoughts on that. Also, you can catch up with us because Once Upon a Cult is actually on a break right now. So it's time to listen to those other episodes. Or you can listen to us releasing later this week our Gadgetology episode right in time for the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. What about the mustard? Because you said ketchup. Stop it. (laughs) And you can also find us on this podcast. Yeah, if you haven't heard, we have a podcast called The Marvelous Galaxy of Disney. Check us out. (laughs) Check us out. (laughs) And you can find our uh, merch under uh, magichavoc.threadless.com. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week with more Margal Disney news. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.